0: Good morning, good night, good afternoon, whatever the time may be that you're listening uh, to this podcast, episode nine entitled Missed Opportunities, Turnovers, and I'm Starting to Believe. Uh, this is Russell Bush, and this is the Beating Around the Bush podcast, which is an extension of the Beating Around the Bush column uh, that appears weekly in the Carroll newsletter and are simply my opinions my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. So, whenever it may be that you're listening today, uh, we're going to talk about that game this past Friday night, one of the better high school football games that I've seen in a long time. Uh, Mustangs travel up to Martin on the campus of UT Martin to take on the Martin Westview Chargers for who was going to finish in, or not finish, but who was going to claim at this point in the season, first place in Region 7-2A. Unfortunately for the Mustang fans, Mustang fans went away uh, in second place, tied with Union City, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on uh, as we go through this podcast. But Mustangs fell 49-30 to to the Westview Chargers, but this is the second time this year. And one thing that we've always tried to do on this podcast and we will continue to do, On a weekly basis or as we record these podcasts for your entertainment is to tell it like it is telling the truth. And I honestly feel like this is the second time this year that we've kind of let a football game get away that we could have won. Uh, And I say that and and your critics are going to holler at me and say, well, you lost to McKenzie by 18 points. You lost to Westview. By 19 points, how in the world can you say you could have won both games? Because I really think, and as we said, start this podcast, uh, that there were missed opportunities. There were missed opportunities in both of those football games. And that McKenzie game, and we've talked about this a lot of times on uh, the first uh, nine podcasts that we have done. And Huntington outgained McKenzie that night in the first game of the season. And, you know, they really dominated the statistics. But field position played an important part in that football game. And we kept giving McKenzie the football inside our 50-yard line or inside the 50-yard line in our territory. They, I think they scored. not have to go back and look. I think they scored like four of their touchdowns or so uh, by getting the ball uh, with excellent field position. And when you do that, your, your chances of uh, winning a football game are going to go up. And – by saying that that also means that uh they're not going to have as many yards because they don't have to go as far to score a touchdown but we played mckenzie good that night And, and i said this last week mckenzie could end up in a state championship game in chattanooga first weekend in december that's very good possibility they're that good of a football team so to lose to them 46 to 28 was not that bad of a thing. You know, you 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 go back and you change uh, some of those things about field position and those things that we talked about, that might have been a different football game, but we lost, okay? We'll just tell that like it is. Now, Friday night against Westview, again, it was a game of more of missed opportunities and turnovers than it was anything else. We had four turnovers in that football game Friday night, which is a lot for us. We have not been really turning the ball over uh, that much, but again, we had to throw the ball a little bit uh, the other night to kind of get Westview off the line of scrimmage. They had only given up seven points in their three prior games, so we had to do something a little different instead of trying to run it down their throat, although we did a pretty good job of running running it down their throats. But we had to try to pass a little bit, and that didn't turn out three of those four turnovers that we had were results of interceptions. And we'll talk about that as we go along, but there were three missed opportunities uh, that I counted in that football game Friday night that could have changed the whole complex of that football game. It could have changed how everything went from that point on. It changed. It could have changed momentum. It could have changed a lot of things and it could have definitely changed the score on a couple of different, situations Uh, let's look at the first one the first turnover and the first missed opportunity came on the same play i believe or same sequence Uh, at the time we had started out well we forced westview to punt with their opening possession of the football game we got the ball back went the length of the field and they had a heck of a kicker Uh, the able kid their punter and their extra point kicker uh, was excellent all night long. Every kickoff he had went into the end zone, but we we started a drive after that first punt and we had to go several yards. Uh, we had to go about 70, 80 yards to score, and we did. We ran it right down their throat. We're up seven to nothing. They came back with that passing game, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as I have some theories on some things. But there, the score is seven to seven after Westview scores, after we score. We get the football back. We have it in our deep in our territory because the the kick the kickoff after they scored went in the end zone. So we get the ball at our 20. We get four yards on first down. Second on second down, Aiden Hutchison, who continues to impress now over a thousand yards on the season, by the way, he gets he breaks the tackle, gets off off that right side on that that cross or oh, that counter. Going that way away from our sideline at the time, and he goes across midfield and he gets around the 40 yard line of Westview. 40 40 yard run, uh, something in that neighborhood. Here we are again uh, in a position to score. We've got them on their heels because right now they do not know. Westview does not know how to stop the running game because we have the first two possessions, we're running it down the throat. Well, you look back down to your right and there's a yellow flag on the field. Now, you know, you can call holding on every single play. That's always been that old adage, that old comment you you hear out of everybody. And, you know, and, of course, where I was at, I couldn't tell if it was holding or not. I'm sure it was. Referee, as I always said, it was holding because referee threw the flag. But anyway, regardless, that that killed the drive. That moved the ball back from – The 23, where we had it back to the 14 or where the holding call came at, was around the 23, 24. Move the ball back to the 14. So we've got the ball to 14 instead of having it at Westview's 40 yard line and knocking on the door of scoring again. Well, first, next play after that, we fumble. Okay. They recover at our 14 yard line. Next play, they're in the end zone. So instead of being up, possibly. 14 to seven Westview is up 14 to seven. So there was a 14 point turnaround when you look at it. So that was a big momentum switch, I think. And then uh, we forced another punt. We actually, in the football game, when you go back and you look, we punted the ball one time. Westview had to punt three or four. So our defense with the exception of, you know, pass defense, and we'll talk about that later, but, uh, Played real well. So we force them to punt from their own territory, and then they we partially block the punt. We get to the Ball at their 36, we score, bam, bam, just like that. 14 to 14. All right, we're back in it. But back comes Westview. They go the length of the field 83 yards on their next drive, completed four of six passes for 83 yards. They're back up. Well, we answer. We go 80 yards and seven plays. We tie the game at 21-21. And then, and I didn't include this in a missed opportunity, but when you look at it, maybe it was because uh, Westview gets the ball back and there's only a couple of minutes left in the half. We get a stop right here. We go into the locker room tied at 21. And then we get possession of the football to start the second half. Well, it didn't work out that way. Westview goes the length of the field. They score with nine seconds left in the half uh, to go up 28-21. Well, then the game, uh, that second half, we're still in good shape. When you look at it at the half, we're still in good shape. Here is the number three ranked team, I think, now in Class 2A in the state. And we're ranked fifth, I believe, or we were going into that game Friday night. Here we have we're only one possession down and we get the ball to start the second half. Well, we come out that second half, we get a first down, then we get no yards on second down or on first down. But anyway, we, we, it comes down to, we have a third and 10 and we try to throw a pass. Well, Westview intercepts the ball around our 30, 35. They return it for a touchdown. Now it's 35, 21, instead of, us going down the field, maybe, and tying the score. That was a big momentum buster at the time. I really thought that kind of propelled Westview into winning that football game. But it was on our second turnover of the game. And then we still, we're still hanging around. We're still battling. And that's what I love about this football team. They, they battle. They battle you play by play. And possession by possession, this is really, Huntington's really got a good football team. So it's not disappointing that you lose that game, but it's disappointing because you had a chance to win the football game. That's my opinion. But then we come, uh, missed opportunity two. Uh, we drive to their 11-yard line, Face faced with a fourth and three, down 35-21, and we try a play, which is... Makes sense. That's what we've been doing all night long. We've been running the ball down the throat, and we come up short of the first down by inches. I mean, I was on the sideline. I could see the mark, and it was literally by inches that we could have had the first down. We score right there. It's 35-28, but it doesn't happen that way. You know, you could, I, don't, I couldn't see exactly where the spot should have been, but regardless of what you – think we were inches short because that's what the measurement showed. So Westview gets the ball back. They're still up 14. You know, there was there was a missed opportunity. Well, Westview is forced to punt. And they actually moved the ball up to midfield, but we had two sacks in that possession. Hayden defense came alive. We, we actually put some pressure on Ty Simpson in that second half, and I, I was encouraged by that. But they were faced with a third and long. And then Simpson uh, was chased around in the pocket, chased out of the pocket, chased deep in his own territory, reversed his field two or three times. And then he threw the ball away about the time he was getting sacked for the third time on that drive. Well, the official called it, and I was screaming as soon as the football left Ty Simpson's hand, intentional grounding. And the official agreed with me. The ball went out of bounds. Uh, they credited basically the sack and the penalty for the uh, intentional grounding, and that moved the ball deep into their own territory. So they had to punt at this point. Well, the safety, I mean, excuse me, the punter, Jackson Abel, Uh, fielded a low snap, and the official, the White Hat, ruled that his knee was down when he fielded the snap. Safety. Okay, now it's 35-23, and they have to kick off. Westview has to kick off at this point, kick off from their 20-yard line. So we've got a chance here uh, to get good field position, and we did because uh, Skippy Gordon, Landon Gordon, uh, returned the kickoff past midfield to the Westview forty-five yard line. Here we are again. Now down thirty-five twenty-three. Ball inside Westview territory. A chance again to score and cut into this lead. So we score here. It's thirty-five thirty. With still plenty of time to go in the football game. Well, then a then we have another pass intercepted. This time, uh, the 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 tall kid trying to think of his name. Uh, Now number 17, Hamilton, Quincy Hamilton, intercepted a pass and actually returned it for a touchdown. went about 60, 70 yards for a touchdown, but there was a personal foul penalty somewhere around the 20 or 30, backed them up a little bit. They eventually went ahead and scored anyway, 42-23. So there is not only the third turnover of the football game, but there's the third missed opportunity or fourth, depending on how you want to look at it. So there was three, at least three opportunities that we had at those points in there to uh, score points. Those were 21 points, potentially, that we let get away. But we score, go six plays, 80 yards. Now we're only down 42 to 30. And then uh, after forcing Westview to punt, you know, still... Uh, Still some time left in the football game. We're down 42 to 30. We score. We could go down 42, uh, 37, be down five. Uh, But then the fourth turnover, the football game comes, they score, uh, make it 49 to 30. So, as I said, there were some missed opportunities there. Things that we let get away that, uh, that really changed the course of how that football game went. Uh, You know, When you look at the stats and we can go back and look at those again for the game, believe it or not. And of course I said this last week, these are my stats. I take them as I walk down the sidelines. I actually chart every play so I can go back and look. Uh, Sometimes my problem is I might be at our 30 yard line and the ball is at the opposite 30 yard line. And if you've not got a good scoreboard and I've been some places Uh, I remember Houston County, you know, you couldn't tell what yard line the ball was on half the time and a scoreboard wouldn't tell you because it didn't work right. So you were doing a lot of guessing, and I do a lot of guessing from the chain gang sometimes, uh, that kind of stuff. So I could be off at times. Of course, you know, if you get, you know, if I'm in a press box, uh, if I wasn't taking pictures, that would probably be my best advantage point, but I'm not. I'm taking pictures and trying to do all this at the same time. So sometimes my stats could be a little off because I had Ty Simpson Throwing the football the other night uh, with uh, 24 of 32 for 364 yards. I know since Jackson's son, they had him like 25 of 36. How I missed four passes, I don't know. Sometimes I don't go back and add very good, and that's part of the problem, too. I did go to school in high school. But, but they had him at a little over 400 yards passing. Either way, 364 yards passing what I had. They had 400. Uh, that's a pretty good night for a high school quarterback, you know, when you when you look at Ty Simpson, two comments. Somebody asked me going out uh, Friday night, "Have you ever seen a better high school quarterback than Ty Simpson?" Well, I'm I'll, I'll be honest with you. My answer at the point was yes, I have, uh, and I say that because, and if I go back and and I try to tell you who who was better, uh, right now I could I could not do that. Do not get me wrong. Ty Simpson is a very good quarterback. But when you go back and you hear some observations that I have from Friday night, one is they made it real easy for him. Other words, if when you noticed, if you noticed, if you watched the ball game Friday night, you'll notice that when he tried to throw the deep ball, he wasn't that good at it. Now he's got a strong arm. Uh, He had a couple of receivers going down the seam, A couple times, he missed them. Now, what he did hit on was the 10-yard outs, the little 10-yard digs, the little slants across the middle. He hit a lot of that, but that was throwing the ball 10 or 15 yards. Now, one thing that helped him, and they had him throwing it quick. You know, he was in the gun. He'd take a snap, and the ball was out of his hands in a matter of seconds. So it's hard to put pressure on a quarterback when he's getting rid of the ball that quick. But now we probably helped him out a little bit, And, you know, I don't know what our scheme was going into that game. And and he's a hard quarterback to prepare for because he can run the ball as equally well as he can throw it. So you have to allow for that too. So you didn't really have time to blitz him a whole lot because he's getting rid of the ball quick. But also we play a lot of man, I think. In my opinion, we play a lot of man-to-man defense. And that made it easier for him to throw those little 10-yard outs and that kind of stuff. So he kept the ball short, uh, didn't throw it down the field that much. And again, when I say he did, uh, he wasn't that successful. He was successful at the 10 and the 15-yard plays. And then he got a lot of uh, yards after catch from his receivers because he had some very good receivers. The Hamilton kid, the Anderson kid, both were excellent receivers. Both were real tall, uh, which made for a mismatch with our defensive backs were are not as tall as those kids were. So we kind of had that working against us. But uh then somebody else, you know, you always heard, and I've always had this theory. Uh, we do not sometimes always play real well past defense. But there's there's two factors, I think, that, in, that go into that. First of all, when you're playing 1A football or 2A footballs, we have, Uh, since it seems like the beginning of time. uh, We're playing teams of that uh, caliber or teams of that size. There's not a lot of teams that throw the football like Martin Westview threw the ball on Friday night. So you do not see that very often. And when you've got a quarterback in Ty Simpson that has committed to go play at the University of Alabama, you're already playing against... uh, one of the best in the area. So that that kind of, you know, you're playing against the best, and he played at his best, and that makes it a little more difficult. But, you know, we don't see teams like that. We do not see quarterbacks like him. So it's a little harder uh, to play against that kind of uh, caliber quarterback when you don't see that quality caliber quarterback over the years. But I also will say this, too, when you think about it, and I know Hayden did this one year, and I think it was one of the Rice kids from Wayne County in preparation to play Wayne County. Uh, that was the time when Jay Lowry was on staff at Huntington High School. Uh, he was a uh, defensive back coach and uh, an and offensive back coach, but he played quarterback at Jackson Northside. Well, he could throw the football pretty decent, so they let him be quarterback for the scout team. That helped us prepare. But when you think about it, how did you prepare uh, last week for Ty Simpson? You can't. You cannot duplicate what they do in practice. It's impossible because there's nobody on campus that can throw the football like Ty Simpson. There's nobody in West Tennessee that can throw the football like Ty Simpson. So, with all that being said, that made it a little more difficult. But, again, when you go back and you look at it, we had a chance uh, to win the football game. Let me say this before we move on to anything else as we're getting close to the end of our time, but we've got two of the better running backs in the state of Tennessee. Let me tell you that right now. Both of them, I know I mentioned Aiden Hutcherson went over 1,000 yards Friday night. He's about 1,100 yards now, and Cade Wood is awful close to that. Cade Wood had a great game Friday night. Cade Wood had carried about 17 times, 214 yards for the football game. He, he he, he continue, that's his second game this year. and continues to impress, as I was about to say. But And he's got some speed. He's got some moves. And when he gets out in the open, he knows how to follow his blockers. Uh, but so does Aiden Hutchison. But 214 yards for Cade Wood. Aiden had 222 carries for 111 yards, by my stats. He had four touchdowns. He's the leading scorer. In the state of Tennessee, now with over 140 something points scored on the season. Uh, when's the last time we had somebody from Hayden leading the state in scoring? Think about that. It's been a while. But both of those guys are having great years for the game. We we rushed 371 for 371 yards. We did complete one of those five passes we attempted tonight for 21 uh, yards. So we had 392 yards on the night. Our defense held Westview to a minus 11 yards rushing by my stats. Three sacks. Ty Simpson, again, 364 yards passing what I had. So they only had 353 yards total offense, but they won the game by 19 points. Again, missed opportunities. We had a chance to win that football game, and we did not. But when you go back and you look at our schedule, uh, this week, Mustangs have the week off. We'll, be, we'll do this podcast next week because we're going to get in preparation uh, for the Trenton game, which will be the week following uh, the off week this week. Hope you're enjoying your fall break. And we're going to talk about that pep rally, and we're going to talk about Trenton. We're going to talk about Union City coming up, the last game of the season, which will decide who finishes uh, second in the region. And, again, that's important because if you finish first or second, you host a first-round game. I honestly believe, and this is what I put on Facebook, though, and I honestly believe that we'll see Westview again. If that happens, if I'm right, it will be week three of the playoffs at UT Martin. So, uh, something to look forward to. But no middle school this week because they've completed their season, but let's talk about Tennessee a little quick. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers uh, go to four and two on the season, two and one in conference play with a 45-20 to 20 win over South Carolina. And uh, that's part of this uh, segment that was entitled, uh, I'm starting to believe, because I'm starting to believe in Josh Hopple. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know. You keep saying this, there's, there's, you know, there's still a lot of work left to be done. There's still a lot of football left to be played. I understand that. But to give you some quick stats, Hendon Hooker, 17 of 23 Uh, Saturday for 225 yards, three touchdowns. Ty Evans 16 carries under 19 yards and one touchdown. And Velus Jones caught six passes for 103 yards. Tennessee had 472 yards total offense, 247 yards on the ground, 225 in the air. And I'm starting to believe because Tennessee led that game 38 to seven, I think at the half, 38 to three, and it's like they let off the gas the second half. But I read some articles, and I, I, I'm inclined to agree with those. And this is why I really believe in what Josh Heupel is doing at Tennessee. They don't have a lot of depth. Uh, they had to start some kids the other night that, uh, or Saturday that uh, hadn't been starting because of injuries and just a lack of depth overall. Uh, they're behind the eight ball, and it's going to take a while to build that depth. And so what he did was when you're up 38-3 to three at the half, he called off the dogs a little bit. He got a little conservative. He started resting people. And I really believe, and that's what some of the theories were, and if he if he did that in the second half, if that's actually what he was doing because they didn't play well that second half, only scoring one touchdown, that shows you the level of coach that we're dealing with because he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, but when you look at the schedule going forward, you know, 4-2 and two only takes two more wins to get into a bowl game. And I think Tennessee's staring that in the face. But look what you have staring in the face the next uh, four weeks. You have Ole Miss coming up this Saturday and Knoxville. Then you've got Alabama. Then you got Kentucky. And then you've got Georgia. Four pretty good teams. Those four teams right there that are ranked in the top 25 in the nation. Georgia now is ranked number one. Alabama was ranked number one until they got beat Saturday night. I hear a lot of tears coming from my listeners. And then that Kentucky team, uh, November the 6th, they're undefeated. Uh, They're tied with Georgia atop the Eastern Division of the Conference. Huh, going to be tough. But Then Tennessee finishes with South Alabama, which should be a win. And then a Vanderbilt team, that's Vanderbilt. You win against South Alabama and Vanderbilt, which you automatically would think right now are going to be wins, then you are six wins bowl eligible. But here's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting Tennessee wins one of those four games uh, in that gauntlet. I'm predicting they either beat Ole Miss or Kentucky. I can't see them beating Georgia because Georgia's defense is pretty good. I can't see them really beating Alabama, but Alabama showed that there's chinks in the armor Saturday. So who really knows? So I'm a glass half full guy. Told you that before. So something to look forward to in the coming weeks. But I'm a believer. I'm believing that Tennessee is headed in the right direction. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Again, uh, pick up a, copy of the newsletter, read about the game this past Friday night. If you haven't already, uh, there won't be a game this Friday night. I don't, I may go to a game. I haven't made up my mind yet. You know, fall break. I usually do during fall break, go watch somebody else play and sit in the stands and relax. I don't normally get to do that during a football game, but it's what I choose to do. And and I enjoy what I'm doing. So we'll be back next week with another podcast. from getting ready for that Trenton game. Uh, Tennessee plays this Saturday against Ole Miss. So enjoy your fall break, and we'll see you next week.